Despite being one of the most well-documented and discussed periods of history, the true roots of the French Revolution and Napoleonic era remains largely obscured. As his book will make abundantly clear, that is no mere accident. Discover the conspiracy at the heart of one of the bloodiest eras in human history. In Anatomy of a Revolution, the true story of the French Revolution and Napoleonic Wars by Scipio Eruditus. Available exclusively at thefirmamentalpodcast.com. Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Firmamental Podcast. I am your host, Raul. We got the brother Alex with us. Go ahead and say what's up to the Firmamentalist, Alex. Going on, Firmamental family. Yeah, man. Welcome to the Firmadome, guys. Tonight, we got a very special guest. I One that I know Alex is super excited to have because he's a fellow Canadian. Uh, we're really going to keep the housekeeping to a minimum tonight. Just remember to rate, subscribe, share the show with your loved ones and friends. If you haven't before, go ahead and give us a five-star rating. And share this episode with people. It's very important, especially for you Canadians, man. Really listen up to this episode. I know Canada's the our second highest listenership next to America. So mad love to the Canucks up there. And I'm speaking with two of them now. Um, and just go check out our brother podcast and go cops. Uh, reserve your order for Scipio Eruditus' new book. Um, the link is up on the website. And go cop some merchandise from the store. And so with no further ado, we have a very special guest in the house tonight. I mean, and the timing for this is almost impeccable. It's almost like the Lord was setting it up to happen at this time because uh, we were scheduled to collaborate a few times before and life happens and we had to reschedule, but he's back on tonight. We have uh, Sean Zimmer. You folks might know him. He's a, he's a proud girl dad. He is a truth seeker. He is a social media influencer. He is a life coach and he's a hero to these Canadians, man. And one that really stood up for the common man during a, a dark time up there and things that we're still fighting to this day. And I know he's got a lot going on. So with no further ado, here is Sean Zimmer, our very special guest. And I wanted to go ahead and say what's up to the Firmamentalists. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for the intro. It's good to connect. Looking forward to uh, hopefully sharing some wisdom that your audience can utilize in their life. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to pass it off to Alex and uh, I'll have him open up uh, with a question for you and then you can take it wherever you want. But we know we have some some big news and some things going on. I'm going to let Alex speak on it because I think he's been there along with you. And I know both you guys are from Winnipeg and and uh, I'm going to let Alex kind of take over from here. Um, so go ahead, buddy. Yeah. So I, I was super excited to see uh, Sean Zimmer uh, taking Justin Trudeau and the federal government to court over... Uh, so some banking stuff that went on during the Freedom Convoy. So I I cannot wait to hear Sean Zimmer's Freedom Convoy story. I've I've shared mine in the past, and you can go back and check that out. But Sean, please, I just like I waited long enough. I need to hear your how, how you got involved, how you got to Ottawa. Like, can can mm -hmm. you some of the details? Yeah, the details. All right. Well, 
you know, back up to the beginning of the pandemic, uh, when they announced it just intuitively, my gut was telling me it wasn't right. You know, something was off with that and, uh, shook it off in terms of, yeah, it's not right, but people aren't going to listen to that. And I put my head back down to uh, the book I was writing and the online programs I was creating for addictions and you know, just helping people level up in life. Six months, uh, maybe four, six months down the road, I realized people are listening. <laughs> they, they said you uh, couldn't have more than one person over at your home or even in your yard. And uh, that's when I said, okay, then enough's enough. Um, I need to do something about this. And I used to um, coach in exercise nutrition and I used to teach boot camps. And I have a fairly large yard right off of one of the busiest streets in Winnipeg here, um, neighboring a parking lot. Um, honestly, it's all divine on how it all worked out. There's a parking lot where, you know, I can have a hundred people park and parking lots higher in grade. So the police can look right over into the, what we're doing. Um, so I put a call out. Well, first I made a, you know, sat down on my knees and said, Hey, okay, I'm going to put all my business off. I feel this calling. I'll do everything for free, build community, make it public. Just make sure I'm provided for where I need. And I put that call out on social media saying, Hey, four free fitness classes here every week. Don't worry about what those measures on the news say. Don't worry if police come here, nothing. We're going to be here. And uh, people came and so did the police. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, they strong. You know, they tried to intimidate me from shutting to shut down and just stood strong. And I kept growing uh, just more and more. We, uh, we grew to have an event every day. You know, we did a kids boot camp. We did, uh, you know, had a teacher come in from Muay Thai, a yoga teacher come in. We did bi-weekly parties where we just had massive shakers, you know. Hundreds of people here, like thousands, and turned into a community home, and uh, definitely ruffled some feathers uh, with a lot of people and the police, government officials. Uh, but we still did stood strong, and you know, didn't stop. They tried to in intimidate us and made it clear you can't. And uh, so that was a big process. You know, we brought a lot of community together, gave people a place of sanity, uh, focus on their health, and connect with their tribe. Right, everybody's losing so many of their family members and friends, so it really help people come together and get out of that, you know, dark depression of just that sol solitude and come up to the freedom convoy that actually was being put together when I finally took a break. Um, you know, if you knew me during the community events and what we were doing, like if you were around here, you'd be like, holy shit, what is this guy going to burn out? You know, it was just nonstop. So I finally taken a break, went up to a cabin for a couple of weeks and just completely disconnected from social media. And when I jumped back on was right when the Freedom Convoy was starting and I checked my, my message. Everybody's like, where are you? Why aren't you involved in this? What's going on? And uh, I'll be honest, you know, um, with full transparency, I, I let my ego get at me a little bit when I saw that. Um, I was just like, oh, great. Um, another group of people taking action now that it's affecting them. Right. Because at the beginning, right, I didn't have to. I was doing everything online, right? Um, I wish, you know, and that, this was at the time when I was still angry. I wish people were, you know, all come together, not wait until it affected them. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really want a whole lot to do with it. And I actually had some divine intervention happen where it showed me it really changed. You know, you can look back at my content where I went by the Viking and I was just rah, 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 was mad, angry, but solution oriented, but really pissed off at what we were seeing and pissed off at the people enabling everything. And then I had this divine intervention which showed me like, hey, there's a cosmic play right now, so to say, divine plan. And every part to the equation is necessary. And we all come from the same source, so stop getting angry. Love your neighbor as yourself. Understand that each have their own journey. Yes, try to lead them, 
to wake up, so to say, to your truth that you've been shown to whatever degree you've been shown so far. <laughs> yep. It's continually growing, um, evolving in that. And, uh, but let go of the anger, let that off. Right. And so I, I went through that process, which is a beautiful transformation. And I decided, okay, convoy's coming through Ottawa. Let's go check it out. And I went and wow, I just, it's like, this is beautiful. Like I was just filled with such a love. Like it was just unity, right? Just feeling it. I was like, all right, we got to go. So we followed along, drove down. And so I didn't have any part in it. You know, I didn't help organize anything, nothing. And when I went there, it was just like, I am boots on the ground. I'll do whatever I can. Right. And we got there and right. um, I, I, will, <laughs> I remember after three days, I was a guy who didn't like to hug people. And here I was holding a sign that said free hugs. Because it was, you know, anybody who went to Ottawa just knows it was just, just love and just unity, you know, peaceful non-compliance for the most part. Of course, we had some people stepping outside that. And, uh, yeah, so just started giving bear hugs to everybody, just, you know, spreading the love, um, helping out where I could. And then when uh, finances, uh, the trouble started happening with the GoFundMe and the Give, Send, Go, I said, okay, well, I got a large following. So I put a call out to start uh, crowdfunding and then started getting money to the truck drivers, families and whatnot, started doing that. And then, uh, right when the emergency act came out, they, I think I was probably the second or third account that got frozen. Um, as a very public, everything I've done is very public with it. Um, so that was the, uh, you know, getting into that point and back up to the beginning of the convoy. Right when I got there, I knew I just had this strong feeling, this is going to end with riot police and we need to be peaceful and stand in non-compliance. Preferably when that happens, everybody kneel down and signal Canada. And let them just beat you if that's the case. You know, yeah. follow uh, the steps by Gandhi almost pretty well, um, to a lesser degree, of course, with the brutality that uh, they experienced. And uh, but of course, when tear gas and everything came, when riot police all that, we didn't really quite yeah, get organized enough to make that happen. But we stood peacefully in non-compliance, right? And, and uh, it gave so many people hope. The truckers and everybody coming together for that convoy. And when I started seeing the social media reactions from people as it got pushed out when the riot police came in um everybody was just despair again right and i was like no 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 we did what we we're supposed to do yes it didn't just change everything right away but you have the government officials saying this which was completely wrong and then all tens of thousands of people here using their devices social media sharing what was actually happening which woke up so many people so after the riot police came in when we got pushed out, they gated everything off. I went on to do a bunch of speaking events as I drove back from Ottawa to Winnipeg, just instilling that that hope and reminding people, hey, we did what we we're supposed to do, and it's a good thing. And, and we woke a lot of people up. It's part of the process, right? And uh, yeah, that's pretty well in a nutshell. Were Were you there when um, those special troops came out, like the guys all in black, and and they were trampling yeah. the lady with the horse? And were you there? Yeah. For that? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was about two rows back with the horse. Um, I think that was a day or two days before the riot police fully pushed in, I believe. And, um, yeah. And then when the riot police came in, I was right at the front line. There's actually a video, um, on my social media, I could find it for you where, you know, you have all this riot police and there was a special force, um, in the black here in the back, you had all the riot police in green and then the special tactical force in black. Right. And we have a video where they actually push through three or four lines of the ride police and come and grab me out of everybody and try to pull me in. And then the whole crowd pulled me back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was quite interesting. You know, there's so much footage of that. You look at, you know, a lot of those people, a lot of the ride police were crying. Like you could tell they did not want to be there. They did not want to be doing what they're doing. Um, a lot of them seemed like they weren't even from Canada. 
seemed like they shipped them in. But. Wow. Yeah, that was kind of my thought too, is that these aren't just regular RCMP. These are, you know, mercenaries or, or something, right? Whatever. <laughs> I mean, my, my, my heart sank. I mean, I couldn't wait for you guys to get there, but my heart sank. And I kind of laughed when Justin Trudeau left and he went and hid in the cottage with COVID. And I just thought that's such a perfect weasel, evil villain thing to do. Just go and like take off and not even address address the situation like you guys didn't exist. And then they did the Nazi flag plant and then everybody yeah. like, oh, no, they're all a bunch of white supremacists. And it's like, oh my goodness, this is, it, it's it's incredible how powerful the media is and how people will um, eat it up, right? Yeah, big time, big time. That's a tribal mind, right? Social programming. Everybody is fitted and that's what they've been uh, conditioned to. They'll, they'll go along with that, right? That's why. If you have any understanding of the tribal mind, it makes a lot of sense for when you're wondering, you know, why are some of the smartest people getting in line with this, not seeing what's happening, right? It's just that innate desire to fit in and continue with the tribe that they've been surrounding themselves with. Sure. And they want to keep their uh, comfortable lifestyle, right? Like they mm, yeah. a paycheck mind control. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about this before we fired up the microphones on air and you were mentioning, you know, how you walked away from you know, uh, a, a career, a job, and you put your trust in God and said, you know, provide where needed, but where I'm going to transition my energy to. And you, you submitted to the father, right? And you said, Hey man, I'm, I'm here. What do you use me the way you want to use me? And, and that's powerful. And I kind of feel you, I relate to you in a lot of ways. Cause over here in America, you know, our, uh, experience is a little bit different, but pretty much the same, you know, we had a lot of that same crap going on over here. Maybe not to some of the extent that you guys had, because Trudeau was pretty bad. But I mean, uh, these shithead politicians that we have over here are no better either. You know, they all they're all on the same team and the same Bohemian clubs. And uh, I walked away from a career too that I went to school for. You know, I was involved in EMS, and and it just, you know, when they started with all the mandates and wearing masks and this and that and the fear tactics and. It just, I didn't want to be a part of it anymore. And I walked away and I kind of just said, Hey God, like he totally provided a way for me. I found a loophole. I went to work for a movie and became an onset medic for a mo some movies that they were shooting over here in New Mexico and, uh, worked the duration of this film. And it's like, God provided the whole way, but I put my trust in him. And then this ended and I just, I took unemployment for a little while because they were getting everybody riding that gravy train, you know, but how many people got stuck in that? I don't know. I was in Canada. But so many Americans got stuck in that pattern of like, oh, we're getting from the government and, you know, we, free money. And it's like, that's what they want from you. They want you to become completely reliant on them and, and have no work ethic. And, and that's the way they keep their control, you know? So uh, I finally said, I'm not cool with this unemployment thing, man. This isn't for me, but I used it for a little while to help homeschool my kids because I realized they were struggling with the homeschooling. And my son wasn't, he doesn't know how to make a zip file and send an email and do this and that. He's eight years old. He can't sit in front of a computer for that many hours. He gets distracted. So it was cool to like be there for a little while to help them. And I was grateful for that time, but I was like, I need to get back to work. And when I did go back to work, I went to work for a totally woke company. And, you know, I was kind of just took a random job and I was working at Target. And then when I see they start selling, uh, you know, LGBTQ clothing like onesies for babies and one day i was in a certain area of the store and i saw that they had like cardboard books that were targeted towards toddlers and they were about gender pronouns and god really convicted me and said dude you're 
you know, I can't work and collect the money from a company like this. And I put my faith in him and he, and I, and he's provided away the whole time. And now I've, I've kind of worked my way. It just so happened. I run into a guy that worked for an armored truck company and he saw, uh, cause I was doing store security. And at this time, crackheads were just loading up carts and running out of stores. And they're like, you can't touch him. You can't do nothing. Even the cops would show up. They let him go. No law and order, just a complete destruction of our society, corruption. I saw the company would like say, oh, you know, they took, let's say they took $500 worth of stuff. Well, they claim on their insurance report, it was $800 worth of stuff. They don't care. They're still getting paid while mom and pop stores are losing their businesses, while, you know, people are deemed essential and non-essential and all this and that. And just like you, I was like, I'm done. And I just so happened to run into a guy that, that, that ran an armored truck company and he's had a conversation with him. Handed me his card, said, try to apply for me. And, and I've landed up doing uh, armed security. Now I don't work for the armored truck company anymore, but, uh, you know, doing armed security for a chain of banks and, and God's provided the way, man. I, when you put your trust and faith in him and you stick to your convictions, it seems scary to walk away from things that you're comfortable with. But I mean, I, I, I'm a, a, a strong believer that he will provide that way and that path if you just completely put your trust in him. That's the, that's the biggest call or one of them. Right. And that's where I really line with the faith, you know, with that story of Christ being just that, you know, undeniable faith. Um, and that's the call for so many of us. I think all of us, you know, we all have that higher calling inside. We all, all have that, you know, knowing of what we're supposed to do. And that's where so much inner conflict and lack of self-love comes from because we don't actually get in line with that higher calling. And most often, you know, it's guiding you towards a certain way. You don't even have to fully speak out and say, Hey, guide me. It's always there. You know, we just have to get the distractions out of the way. But the problem is for a lot of people, is, you know, you have these steps that you've designed to achieve this life that you want to achieve, that you at least think you want to achieve because of the way society has programmed you into thinking what will actually provide you fulfillment. And you can see all the steps based off of, you know, mirroring somebody else who has done it. And God, divine, call whatever you want, is telling you to go this way sometimes. And it's just showing you, he's showing you, if you want, one step. And often that step might look like shit <laughs> or completely insignificant, right? Um, or complete downgrade. And you can't see what's after it. So like, no, I want to go this way. And everybody often, not everybody, but a lot of people get stuck and go in their own way, right? But when you can surrender to that calling, that higher calling, that divine calling and, and go with that and fully devote yourself selflessly in service and understand that I will be provided for. And, and even more so than I. I even understand, um, just knowing that will unfold, beautiful things happen with that. You gain so much more faith, right? You gain so much more trust in that process into that calling. And that's, yeah, that's where I've led and leaned into and um, continuously being asked to surrender. You know, it doesn't mean I don't focus on goals and still try to make things happen that I come up with, but it's like, there's a certain amount of resistance you get, which sometimes you have to push through and develop that mental fortitude. That's the test of that resistance. But sometimes it's so much resistance because it's not really your calling. That's not where you're supposed to be going, right? And I think that was the opportunity a lot of people had in the pandemic with them, you know, uh, get the job or don't show up, right? That was their real opportunity. So, hey, just let go and trust, find God, lean into it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I heard another uh, video that you posted on Instagram recently, and it, it was awesome because when I heard it, I totally needed it. But uh, you talked about this 90-10 thing, and it really spoke to me because you said, you know, sometimes we're faced with adversities or hard problems in life. And you said, we tend to give it way too much focus and, uh, and energy. You said, take 10%. And I'm, I'm just paraphrasing. I'll let you explain it. But uh, I remember in the video specifically, you said, 
identify the problem, give it, give it 10% of your time, clearly identify the problem and then spend 90% of your time trying to fix it. And you, you were talking about how people have the tendency to do the opposite. They worry themselves to death and barely do anything to fix the situation. And I just happened to be going through, you know, some challenging times, you know, and, and it just helped. I needed to hear that message at that moment. It got spoke to me through you, through that message. And it was like, no, Sometimes we have to go through these things. So we, he wants us to lean into him. He wants us to lean on him. He wants us to live by faith. And sometimes he, he, God will find a way to isolate you, to get you to spend time with him, to focus your energies in the right places. But can you kind of talk to people about this 90-10 thing? Because I thought it was tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a simple process, but it's so profound and something to remember, you know. Yeah, you know, 10% of your time and energy or less focused on the problem. What is the problem? What could it possibly grow into? Okay, now what are the solutions? And spend 90% of my time and energy there. And of course, different problems are going to bring different feelings or be associated even transpiring from different feelings, maybe some trauma, fucking bullshit from your past, right? You have to process, right? And that is part of the solution. So giving yourself time and space for that, then focusing on the, the action steps to move forward. You know, we often we're, we're trying our best, right? How, how's it going, you know, building your business? How's it going with your relationship issues? How's it going with that anger issue? How's it going with that addiction? I'm trying my best. You hear that all the time, right? Where we are, we're trying, we're trying our best, but often we're not doing what's required, right? We're getting so spread out with all these different things and allowing the bombardment of what's going on in the world to hit us and, and getting focused on the problems. We need to do what's required, you know? Yeah, sure. You might have 20 things that you could focus on that are really going to help you elevate in life. But what are the three to five fucking action steps you got to focus on right now that you do every day that'll have you actually create the life or a new headline, at least to some degree in 90 days from now, right? Doing what's required. So focusing on those solutions. And as well, I'm a big believer, you know, God's created universal laws here, right? I'm a big believer in the law of attraction, the law of vibration being primary over the law of attraction and what you're feeling. We are creators associated with this matter in the field, right? So you, you can look, if anybody takes a full assessment on their life, whatever they truly believed in and had feelings associated with it, that's been drawn into them. To some degree, you've, you can take an account in your life, look at the good and bad. You have drawn most of your experiences into you, right? So we need to break the cycle when the time's right, when you've given yourself the time to process the feelings you're having and move into the unknown on the solutions, right? And break that cycle because the body gets in control of the mind when you're just in this perpetual loop of, you know, thinking about problems. Okay. Now I'm thinking about despair. I'm thinking about, you know, scarcity, fear, all these things. And they, when you're thinking about that instantly manifests into matter with feelings in the body. And now you have those feelings in the body. Well, your mind's focused on those cycle goes round and round. What are you opening up space for now? You're focused on problems. You're thinking about problems. You're feeling problems drawing more problems into you. You're not opening up space for solutions, right? So 90% of your time and energy, 90% of your time and energy on, on your thoughts, actions, behaviors, feelings, solutions. And I think that's one of the biggest traps with the, you know, quote unquote, awakened community, right? I think that was a, a trap laid out to snare many. It's not like they knew, it's not like they didn't know all this ridiculousness wasn't going to wake a lot of people up. So maybe let's make it so ridiculous uh, such a degree that people get so stuck, divided, yelling at each other, focused on just how fucking ridiculous it is, talking about the problems just nonstop, really, really not opening up the space for the solutions and uniting and getting past it, leading by example, right? Yeah, I could I could understand your frustration, you know, and and where your anger was coming from because I think I went through similar emotions. I know Alex did. I'll let him speak for himself, but it, it was frustrating to see what was going on in our world. 
And and right away, I knew just like I've heard you say before, listen to a few of your interviews, you know, today, just getting prepared, you know, and uh, it's like we can see this thing going on. We see what's what's looming around the corner and people just step right into it. And we're over here like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, please slow down, slow your roll, like evaluate this, like do the knowledge, like, no, like the people still had faith in the system. People still had faith that they were looking out for our better interests, that they were actually invested in our health, that they cared about us. You know, and we're over here like, whoa, man, there's way too many variables and scenarios that you guys haven't even thought about. And they're over here telling us this drug is free, safe, and effective. And they skip the third, fourth, and fifth clinical phases. Matter of fact, it's it's gene altering and all this. And and we've seen this and it, and it was frustrating. It's frustrating to see people, you know, wearing gloves and just constantly squirting themselves with a sanitizer and wearing two masks and then no masks and then three masks and and wearing visors. And it's just like, what level of fear are you living in? And it was frustrating to me because I wanted to like scream at people like, you're, you're like, you're part of the problem. Like, stop. Like, you know, and I think that's what's where we come to now. Like people are, more people are starting to wake up because it's gotten so ridiculous, but you got those people that just have cognitive, cognitive dissonance and they're still going along with it. And, and I see more people waking up, but still not to the level that I want, but I've learned to accept it. You know, I've learned to accept it before I wanted to yell at people. I was mad. I was like, I was still playing the right and left thing in America, you know, and, and now I've kind of just said, let go and let God and focus what I can control and let go of what I can't. Yeah. And I hear you talk. I hear you talk all the time, you know, in your videos about how important it is. Like for you, you don't drink anymore and focusing on your diet or fasting exercise. And, and, and now I'm starting to realize how much I was abusing myself. And how much that my physical health and my physical life was, was keeping my spiritual life out of whack. And now that I'm taking time in the morning to wake up in gratitude and not yeah. just turn on the sports news and just breathe and maybe read a verse from Proverbs or do this or do that, it just resets my whole day and puts me on the right path. But just eating right, eliminating all this processed bull crap, uh, drinking water, only eating one solid meal a day and not flooding my body by eating every time I feel hungry. You know, it's really, I can immediately feel this transition. So um, if you feel like it, just get into some of your, like, you know, because I know you're really heavy into this, like how the, how the, your physical health and how your spiritual health are, are in union with one another and, and like things that you're doing to enhance your spiritual and physical walk in this world. Yeah, absolutely. I look at, you know, four primary pillars of strength, one being physical strength, two being mental third spiritual, fourth is financial, and primary pillar of strength being physical, you can always focus on it. There's always action steps you can take right now, no matter what kind of mood you're in, right? Always things you can elevate your physical strength in, and when you build on your physical strength, it's going to flow into your mental strength, your mental fortitude, your mental health, your, your spiritual strength, that spiritual connection, right? Treating this body as the temple that it is, making it a suitable conduit, a suitable throne for God to take a seat in, and actually be able to speak to you clearly, right? And then the financial part will just flow away, flow with that as well. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, it just makes me think if you've ever had it, you know, not everybody's had this experience. If you can get to a certain place of health and, and really present in the moment, you'll notice, you know, that, in, that often that chatter inside the mind and everything, you'll notice it. You'll become the observer. And then that really changes the game when you start realizing that, you know, you're, you're something much greater, right? And yeah, we're here for a physical experience, I believe, but we're, I think, more here to develop on our spiritual body. 
And that's where I believe doing that work in so many aspects is so important, right? We're here to evolve altogether, I think. Um, at least my belief, but I'm not, uh, I do my best not to bend truth around my perceptions, desires, and uh, programming. So I'm always open to having things changed. But so the physical part is always such a, a primary focus, you know, and we're getting bombarded all over the place with toxins, right? Like, as you mentioned, the water. Like, if you're drinking tap water, get the heck away from tap water, right? Find a, find a water source that doesn't have fluoride and it doesn't have atrazine and it doesn't have all the heavy metals to some degree in it. Right. If you're not aware, like the uh, you know, whole story that Alex Jones was called out on before about the frogs turning gay, like those studies in atrazine are proven. Frogs put in atrazine, which is one of the most, it actually is the biggest pollutant in, in drinking water in the States and North America. Frogs in atrazine, which is a huge, huge percentage in, in drinking water, were castrated, chemically castrated, and developed female anatomy. And, you know, fluoride, neurotoxin. Um, there's studies showing calcifies the pineal gland, which pineal gland is, you know, believed to be, um, the, one of your main connections to that intuitive power, that divine power, right? So focusing on those simple things that you can get out, you know, get, get away from the toxic water, um, get away from the seed oils, especially canola oil, you know, the, what is canola oil? What is canola? It is Canadian oil. That's actually what it means after world war two, during world war two, the amount of oil needed Canola was a huge oil source used in World War II. The Canadian fields boomed. Then after World War II, what did we do? They did a little bit of genetically modifi modifying of it to make it quote-unquote edible and put it in everything. And it's in all the food. If you're buying packaged food at all from the stores, you're buying any bread from a bakery, um, even most bakeries, so you got to find that the odd baker doesn't use canola oil. Get away from canola oil. Get away from fried food. You know, if you could... If you're somebody who really isn't stepping up in their health and you want some areas to really just focus on to begin with, clean water, don't touch fried foods anymore unless you're doing it in coconut oil yourself and start as quick as you can removing everything that has canola oil in it. Well, fuck, that means I'm not really going to be eating anything. Yeah, you want to eat real food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like actually eat food. Like stop just destroying your body. Become a real conduit for not only your personal health, but as well for God to take a uh, uh, you know, a seat in that suitable throne so you can get direct connection and, and be connected to that higher calling that's always there. And you can then make conscious choices as well when you're eating these toxins, right? We have one stress response. I talk about this often, right? You know, your, your fight or flight or and sometimes freeze response is called, right? Say you're getting chased by a bear in the woods, right? That serves a purpose, right? You, you, your stress response goes in and you get into the impulsive decision-making center and you go, right? It, it shuts down certain centers to put blood flow where it needs to. We have the same stress response no matter what, and these toxins that you put in your body or even on in the soaps you're using, the dishwasher crap, you're, the stuff you're putting on your clothes, you know, the, all these different chemicals activate your stress response. And when you get in a heightened stress response and chronic stress, you are in what's called your limbic system. You're not operating under your prefrontal cortex, which is your executive decision-making center that's good for long-term thinking, willpower, goal-setting, conscious thinking. You're in your limbic system, which is the emotional impulsive response center not thinking long-term. And I actually tie it to bodyguard number one being the prefrontal cortex, bodyguard number two being the limbic system. Bodyguard number one is your conscious, right? In charge, the man or the woman, whatever. In charge. Bodyguard number two, its function is tied with that emotional response center I just talked about, impulsive decision thinking, and the tribal mind. And the tribal mind, you can look at that as a child, looks at its tribe, I need to walk to fit in, right? If everybody crawled around the child, the child wouldn't walk, <laughs> right? It is 
mimicking, right? You can see a child, you get up and it'll start clapping. Everybody's clapping, right? So then it mimics the talk. We don't lose that. That's our innate desire to fit in. We are tribal beings, so we can survive in the tribe that we're in and thrive. So your bodyguard number two tasks to that part of your tribal mind, when you bypass bodyguard number one with toxins, heightening your stress response or staring at a screen for too long, 90 seconds will bypass your subconscious, your, your prefrontal cortex and your limbic system. Bodyguard number two comes in and what does bodyguard number two do? I want to fit in with the tribe, listen to authorities so I survive. It's been scanning everything in your environment, what's shown in repetition, plus what you've done in repetition was scanning the environment at over 10 million bits of information per second. 10 million bits of information per second. That's where subliminal messaging comes in place. That's where all the repetition, your conscious mind is only scanning about 14 bits of information per second. Literally like 10 million times more. I guess 14 or it might be 114. But it's wild, like millions, millions, right? So understanding all of this, like you want to be in your conscious decision-making center where your willpower, your goal setting, you're actually in charge, right? Like when you, you can look at it, actually, you can take, make an example, eat clean, go do a fast for a week or four days, let's say, and eat healthy after, and then eat a bunch of bullshit. You'll see, you'll start being way more emotional. You might even be thinking about an ex. Right? You'll be drawn to these self-sabotaging behaviors. Just like when you lack sleep, right? You're going to need to pick me up. You want to hit homeostasis. So you reach out for all the, you know, the quick things you've had in the past that have hijacked your dopamine reward system, even though they're not actually beneficial for you long time. So that bodyguard number two doesn't actually think long-term, like this is actually going to kill me. Right? It just thinks I need to fit in. Right? So what has it been scanning and repetition? So yeah, so health is so, it's so much bigger than just your physical being. It, it really comes down to that mental health, which is tied to the physical part, right? And of course, practices like, you know, see, so you're asking me, I, I'm big on gratitude. You mentioned that rule, like gratitude in the morning is huge for me. Gratitude in the evening, gratitude all day. Um, huge, huge gratitude. Meditation, you know, even if you don't know how to meditate, just getting in silence, starting. Ultimate goal, obviously, is getting past the carnal mind, getting past the physical ailments so you can get clear guidance on what God's telling you. Get that, you know, access to the vast computer of consciousness we all are connected to. And uh, I utilize different practices as well, like cold water therapy, working out, you know, I'll do yoga too, trying to get my body uh, a little more flexible so I can actually sit comfortably in meditation and not be uh, just thinking about that back pain or whatever it is. So, you know, all stretching if you want, yoga throws some people off, it's all the same shit to me. Now, mind you, of course, there is other limbs to yoga. That's a spiritual practice, but half of yoga is just the movements of stretching. So. Yeah. So you mentioned a lot there. And, you know, one thing that I heard you touch on too, is just the, the poisoning, you know, it's like almost impossible to escape all the poisoning, like whether it's in our food, whether it's in, you know, like today I was watching in here in Albuquerque. I mean, they were spraying us down with chemtrails today. I mean, the whole sky was like a big waffle, you know, and it's, I'm sitting over here being like, how do people not know, see that this is not normal? This is not like planes flying in and out of our local airport. Like this is a direct attack and these things like dissipating these, the ugliest clouds, when you actually see them through a certain uh, form of light, they actually look like purple and green, like they're metallic, right? And they've been exposed. But I wanted to see if you knew about this. So they say they're spraying barium and aluminum, right? In the environment. What's, mm -hmm. what's the acronym for, for barium? B-A. What's the acronym for aluminum? A-L. Ball. Yeah, ball. When I heard that. I was like, dude, like, are you kidding me? It's like everything else when you start researching the occult and you start researching, it's like, it's like they do these things and they just laugh at us. 
And they're like, ha, 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 you know? And then like, we're over here telling people, I tell somebody that and they would be like, bro, you're crazy, bro. There's no correlation to that. I'm like, no, yeah, there is, dude. <laughs> but yeah, man. And then, and then one more thing that I wanted to touch on, I'm going to pass it back to Alex because I know he wanted to get into you with more of some of the stuff that's going on in Canada. But what you spoke about, like listening to your conscience, I tell people, you know, that I have encounters with all the time, like, you do hear people be like, I, I've never heard God's voice. I don't hear God's voice. I said, you do. You hear it all the time. It's your conscience. It's just we 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 tend to turn it off and not listen. Yeah, to it. we felt to shut up, and then and then you know we don't build confidence and it. it gets quiet, right? You need to you want to strengthen that voice, strengthen that connection. You got to listen. You got to listen. Yeah. That's gratitude's huge. And like when you said that, it's so big because gratitude puts you in the present moment, right? When you do, when you focus on gratitude, you wake up in the morning, no matter what's going on, you have something to be grateful for. Focusing on whatever you have to be grateful for, as many things as you can. When you do that for thirty seconds to five minutes, all the noise clears out. You're in the present moment. You're not thinking about the past bullshit. You're not thinking about maybe the bills or the bullshit in the world, the relationships. You're thinking about what you're grateful for. Noise is canceled out. Noise is out. Well, now you're a little more in tune with that guiding voice inside that conscious, call it the sixth sense. You know, call it God, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, for sure, man. It's uh, it's definitely a, a tuning fork to to the source. And the, we know that the enemy is a shouter. He's loud. He's boisterous. He's in our face. He'll present us with a lot of distractions, you know, and I'm not perfect. I'm still going through my phases, you know, but one of the big things I'm trying to step away from is the alcohol and realize like, I, I don't do it like I used to, but every time I do, I can really feel how it really affects me for days on end afterwards. And you're right. Just eating clean, man. For me, no, no Cokes, no sodas, no energy drinks, just straight black coffee or herbal tea, you know, putting ginger root, eating, eating as much as I can. I don't know, you know, as much as I can, clean fruits and vegetables, eating clean proteins, eliminating carbohydrates and immediately, man, just doing it for a few days and, and eliminating bull crap meals and, 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 and crappy snacks. I mean, my vision seems enhanced. My joints don't ache. I have more energy. I sleep well at night. It's a complete, and then I go and I'm like, oh, I'll make an excuse to go have a few beers, man. And it wrecks me for a few days. You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, yeah. Just start clearing yourself out like that. It'll affect you a lot more, right? Like I actually had something happen to me. It makes me think when you're talking about meat. Um, as I was going through this process of cleansing and connecting more spiritually, all of a sudden I couldn't eat red meat anymore. And I'm a huge red meat eater. I would get, it would just run right through me. And it was devastating. I was, I was devastated. I'm like, I guess I can't eat red meat anymore. And so I stopped for a couple of weeks until somebody's like, well, have you tried going to a local source place that is no hormones, you know, grass fed, not in this fucking cage, cancerous cage. And I'm like, no, I haven't. Go to a local farm. I could eat red meat 10 times a day. No issue. Mm. So, you know, think about that, like the cancer that's built up in these animals, the hormones, the growth hormones, the antibiotics, all of these things, right? That's being passed along to you, Right. I remember five years ago, you would have talked to me. I'd laugh at people talking about eating organic. <laughs> you know, um, now I, 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 I'd rather not eat. Well, you know, I think that too, like you got to think if a food raised in, in an abusive environment and the animal's not happy, like when you eat it, does that energy transfer over? Like, I mean, there's honestly an effect. Like look at Kobe beef, right? They literally give the, the, the cows beer and massage them and make them as happy as they can because they say the meat is so much better. Like, I, I think that's a real thing. I think 100%. You know, a really good place to, you know, a rabbit hole, so to say, to start looking into if anybody's ever not gone down it is uh, just looking, you know, YouTube, The Secret of Water, a documentary, an hour and 20 minutes. You know, uh, you can pay for it, but there's another one. It's under a different title. 
um, hour and six minutes. And they have a different title, but it's the, it's the secret of water and it's free. And they do, they show you studies on the power of intention on water under microscope. If you've ever seen it, right. It's, it's absolutely mind blowing on what it does. If you say, I hate you, or I love you and what it does, it crystallizes in these beautiful forms or it gets absolutely chaotic. And, you know, that's just been proven with water. I believe that's the case with everything. Um, you know, the word right. And, and creation in this world. But even if it was just in water, we're 60% water on average, right? Our brain, I think it's 70%, our lungs are 90% or something like that, right? So just intention in everything. And that's really where I feel the power of praying um, over your food is. That's what I do. You know, I take some moments with my food and I give thanks. I express gratitude. I think about the whole process, you know, beginning with the, with the farmer and the chickens and the egg and, and the animal that sacrificed itself, the sun that, you know, brought its life source down, the waters that, you know, watered this food and just putting good intention in everything you do, right? Everything you consume and as well on the environment around you, what you put out there is going to come back. Again, universal laws, I'm big on that law of you, reciprocation, right? So um, that's where I feel like I really, that divine intervention I spoke about that really changed my perspective was like, stop hating, right? Because like it took love thy neighbor to a whole nother level for me and it actually transpired to, it grew, evolved to love everything as yourself. We all come from the same source. And if you're saying, I hate you, to somebody else, it's really like you're looking in the mirror and saying, I hate you to yourself. I truly feel And that's building up a cancer inside you and, and just conflict inside you, right? Even though, yes, there's some disassociation, we all have our own egos, our own identity. We are still, you know, taking a step back with the view from above. We are all connected and intertwined. And you can look at that. Like there's so many studies on the bond, on how cells bond together with just different environmental factors and it's wild. You, you, you can go down so many rabbit holes on how we're all interconnected. Yeah, amazing. Um, I, I was going to ask you, Sean, uh, if you can go into a little bit of detail on um, the best way to break free.com, just let the listeners know uh, what, what you're doing and how you're helping people. I, I think that would be really beneficial for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, after, after the community stuff died down, well, we still do the community events, you know, like we turn the workout space and do a whole community garden, and then that doubles as a rink in the wintertime. We do bi-weekly potlucks and whatnot, but, you know, for the most part, a lot of the events died down after things opened up and, uh, I got back into my coaching at that point, one-on-one coaching and group coaching. And my time has been very limited on how many people I can take on for that. And I felt a calling to build online community. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I've taken, I built an online community. We just launched it. It's called the school of life and it's a two-part, it's got the community, which is a social media, uh, platform, an app. That is just private to the community um, where, you know, just kind of like Facebook, you can engage, uh, interact with like-minded people. And, um, but not only that, you have, uh, we have our weekly calls, you know, I have a bunch of different coaches that come in there and as well, there's a whole, like, if you're wondering, how do I get past all these challenge, uh, all these toxins, it's, it could be overwhelming. Right. So I have this whole resource and challenge series. Like the one is, uh, free yourself from toxins and vibrations takes you through one step, one, one at a time, you know? Pick this one. There's probably about a hundred of them. Full right up, full video detailing why you want to remove it, what it's doing to your body, what you should replace it with, and then you know there's all these challenges with fasting. Breaks it all down. What you know, short term fasting, prolonged fasting does for you. Join, join by yourself. Join with some other community members. You know, meditation challenges, acts of selfless service, trying to get out there in the community. Whether it's doing a simple good deed every day. We have challenges. Go join a soup kitchen. You know, be a big brother, be a big sister. Um, challenges for so many things, workout challenges, nutritional challenges. So that's really the community part where everybody's connecting. And then the school of life is <clears throat> the side part, which is the 55 lessons I've been meticulously refining the last 15 years to take my clients through. 
Um, you know, whether they're in the dark depths of depression and addiction or they're kicking ass at life and they just want to do better, right? Or they want to draw on the relationships they want or do better as a dad or do better as a mom or, or heal a relationship, you know, save a relationship. So, or manifest the, you know, the life they want, put all of those lessons into video lessons with fillable PDFs. So it's just simple step-by-step. You go through it, spend a half hour a day. You can go through, you know, I chat to you for five to 10 minutes, detailing the lesson, you download the PDF, fill it all out. Now you have an actual action plan to focus on the solutions. You have the full awareness and everything just flows in from one exercise to the next. So that's one of the biggest things that I have going on right now. It's the best way to break free.com. Um, which is, we just lost that a week ago. It's been a long time coming. So it's picking up quick and it's a beautiful community connecting there. You're actually engaging with meaningful connections, right? And I'm in there. Um, that's where I kind of devote now. If you want to reach me one-on-one, you know, with tech support, that's where I'm at now. And, um, we also have, uh, the coaches Academy launching in three months where I'm doing a uh, certification for coaches. It's again, two parts, certification in cognitive behavioral therapy, neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy. I, I'm a big believer in hypnotherapy, like self-hypnosis specifically, rewire those subconscious programs. So training in that, and then the whole other side on just how to build an online coaching business. So some people might come in there and want both parts, or hey, I've done my training. I don't care about the CBT, NLP, and hypnotherapy, but I want, how do I actually turn my coaching business, you know, maybe I'm just starting, how do I build it? Or maybe I'm, you know, I'm stuck, can't hit five figures a month. I want to hit five figures. Maybe I want to hit 10 figures, right? So that's launching out of April. And, uh, yeah, podcast is there. And of course, access to, you know, reach out for one-on-one coaching, which is pretty limited these days, but you have openings every once in a while. So that's, yeah, that's in a nutshell. And I do have like self-recorded, uh, um, self-hypnosis audios available for people there, um, where you can, you know, a 15 minute, uh, uh, audio that just rewires your mind, gives you the keywords to, you know, ditch alcohol or get better sleep. But I actually do offer custom hypnosis audios as well. You can fill out an application to have a custom hypnosis audio where you, just give me all what's going on in your life and I give you the keywords, you know, and it's not like uh, a lot of people, especially in, you know, Christian beliefs, uh, think it's a demonic uh, way of, uh, you know, healing yourself, but it totally isn't. If you ever listen to one, you'd be like, oh, okay, this is, this is definitely uh, God's calling. You know, I've had many people actually dive in, my clients, I'm like, no, you're doing it. I'm giving it to you for free, even so you can get it done. Because they have beliefs, yes. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm so happy I went for that. And like, I need to spread the word. I actually have a couple of those testimonials up on the website. Is it, is it while you're awake or while you're, while you're sleeping? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you can, you can fall asleep or wake. Like, you know, it's not a, it's not a six hour recording where you don't really know what's being said when you fall asleep, right? Because you do have to be cautious of what people are saying in repetition. Again, that tribal mind is scanning, right? So it's a 15 minute audio. Best to do right before you go to sleep or right when you get up when you're still in that state of brainwaves. Mm-hmm. We can do it. I'm the quickest induction into hypnosis using the REM rapid eye movement method. And, uh, it just gives you keywords, you know, like. You, you know, like you're worthy, um, you know, you enjoy being free from alcohol, you know, like just di- different things like that. Right. Like, you know, all the things that you held on to you from your past, you've let go of, you know, they all served a purpose. Like just really just giving those uplifting affirmations and you get into that state where you start feeling them. Like I, I directed in a certain way where you're able to embody those feelings, right? And that's where you need to utilize when you're thinking about if you believe in the law of attraction or the law of vibration is the primary law. You can say all the manifestations you want, but if you're in a feeling state of lack, you're going to draw more lack into you. And that brings us back where Robert was talking about that 90-10 rule, right? If we're just focused on the problems, we're in that feeling state of problems, we're going to draw more into us. Mm-hmm. So to help facilitate that, to break that cycle and get the body used to a new familiar, right? And our body, our nervous system gets attached to them, attached to the known. That's why change is hard, right? The body wants the known, even if it's chaotic. 
it doesn't like the unknown. It's like, no, I know this. I know what's going to happen, right? So we need to break out into that uncomfortability into the unknown and create a new familiar or preferably get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> we're, we're, we're creatures of habit. So it's so important to have that repetition and because it's one thing to understand or to read the law of attraction or to understand the law of attraction, uh, but it's, it's another thing to completely internalize it, right? Yeah. And, and then actually use that, like, subliminal. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, there's just one practice, you know, one of the lessons in that, in the school of life, when you've given yourself time to process the emotions, right? Because you never want to just, like, people get stuck in that too, right? They might not drink alcohol or smoke weed to escape from the problems, but they just, oh, I got to go work out. Oh, I got to go do the cold water therapy, right? I got to, I got to go do the breath work just to get away from these feelings without actually giving them time to process because they're there for a reason. You don't process that shit. You can only pack so much in the closet, I always say, until it comes tumbling out on you, right? So once you process it, a great way then to just simply change your vibration. And if you don't like that word, call it feeling state, call it emotional state, is just think about your past experiences that you enjoy. Think about things that you enjoy doing and you doing them, you know, and actually do the simple things that you have access to do right now, like walking in the woods, playing with your dog, playing with your kid, right? You can instantly start bringing these thoughts and simple actions together in your daily routine when you're getting in these perpetual cycles of negative thinking and change, take control of the body with your mind and then start incorporating visualization or opening space for the life you want, right? Get in alignment with the life you want. We continuously draw in things that are in alignment with us, right? People are like, oh, why do I always attract these fucking terrible guys or this negative shit or you know, narcissistic people, it's, you know, it's in alignment with what you got going on somewhere inside, whether you are actually projecting that kind of behavior, or you just have some deep set beliefs that everybody's liked at, or, or that's where your focus is, right? It'll keep drawing into you. I got something real quick that I wanted to bring up with you. And I've noticed too, that since I've started eating cleaner and I've, I've eliminated the three meals a day, pretty much only eating once. And then if I feel like hungry, maybe I'll eat a small, healthy snack, like a grapefruit or a handful of berries instead of like eating a microwave burrito or a bag of chips, you know? But I've noticed since I started eating this way, my dreams have become a lot more vivid. I'm dreaming in color. And I think God spoke to me like the other day and I had a dream of an orange spider. And and uh, I literally woke up and I thought there was an orange spider in my bed and I freaked out and I realized, whoa, it was a dream, but it seems so real. And then I'm looking into it and an orange spider, they said, can represent somebody or something in your life that you need to get rid of that's toxic. But a lot of it, you know, I'm not really big in a dream interpretation, but I had to look like, what's the significance of this orange spider? And it was literally like, there's, there's people in your life that are toxic that you need to, you need to get rid of them, you know? And, and I've noticed since I've been eating like this, I'm having these experiences where it's like that the spiritual is, is communicating with me. And sometimes it's not pretty, right? It's ugly or it's scary. And, I'm trying not to look at that way though. It's, it's like, what's the message? What's actually going on behind here? And not running from those emotions or running from those feelings or packing them away, but really trying to process them and, and face them head on and, and do it without fear because uh, I, I believe fear is anti-God, right? Yeah, you know? that's exactly it. You know, my, my spiritual awakening, when I first came to God, out of... All the things that have changed in my view and some things fought back to where they were before, the one thing that I was showing that I am certain on is there's fear or faith. And fear is not our higher calling. That's one thing I am, I am without a doubt certain on. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's what they're doing. You know, that's what they've been doing for a long time. But especially over these last, you know, post pandemic years, that's that's really it's the fear. It's all it's it's everything's fear. Yeah, that gets your stress response going. You're in your impulsive decision center, right? Fear is directly associated to that, right? Close off, isolate, right? So now you don't have your actual people helping you or, or, or tribal beings, right? Stare at the TV, get disassociated past the conscious mind. Here's the fear-driven propaganda. Eat the bull. Like, it's just an attack in so many ways. Yeah, so that I think the big thing is lead by example by, you know, focusing on health and just sharing the, the light, but doing so with love. And, and, and you're right, man. It's there, there comes a time when we should lock arms as brothers and sisters, and, and there's a time to be civil, civilly disobedient, but do it peacefully. You know, uh, I hope it never gets to the point where we physically have to fight, you know, but we have the right to defend ourselves too. I don't know if you guys know what's going on in America, but like you've probably seen what's going on in Texas right now. Like hundreds of thousands of people are going down there to help secure our borders because they don't want to protect us. And people are like, no, we have the right to protect ourselves. And it's a big thing. And I stand behind those people that are doing that. It's kind of like what you guys were going through up there with that trucker convoy. And, and we have a similar situation with our Southern border and people saying, if you don't want to do this, then we're going to do it for ourselves. And I think there's a time and a place for that, you know, and, you know, it's just, it, it gets ugly though, with the, with, with people bring their politics into it. It's like, put all that crap aside, man. And just focus on the task at hand, man, because uh, all the politics, Political stuff is just going to drive a wedge further between us. And we don't need that right now. But, you know, I, I do support what they're doing down there. And in saying that, I know Alex wanted to talk to you because I think it's pretty important. You know, you touched upon the, uh, you know, uh, the court cases that have recently took place in Canada and the people that they were shutting down their bank accounts. And, and they recently, I think a few of these individuals uh, won their cases, right? So I'm going to pass it back to Alice, you know, a little bit more about that, but uh, ask Sean what you had for him. Like, oh yeah, I, I just, yeah. Like Raul said, we just wanted to circle back. Uh, I know we're nearing the end of the episode, but, uh, uh, just some updates on what's, what's going on with, uh, with the bank accounts and, uh, the lawsuits and, and what you can, uh, let everybody know, uh, that would be great. I mean, the more people that know in Canada that can actually contribute or, or, or gather that, that have been affected, the, the better. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you a, a full rundown quick uh, before we ended on really the whole picture on that. So two years ago, or almost two years ago after the Emergency Act, there was people putting together a case um, to go after federally. And uh, I was asked to be involved. And at that point, I'm like, you're wasting your time. Um, I want nothing to do with it. Absolutely wasting the time playing in their system. I've just ripped all my tickets up, told them I don't consent. You're going to need to crowdfund for these lawyer fees. You're wasting people's money. I don't want anything to do with it. And now here we are almost two years later, and that case was one. And they've, the judge ruled it as unconstitutional for the emergency act to be put in place. So I was wrong um, on what I said. Um, and uh, with that being said, the individual, one of the biggest individuals that was involved in that case put a call out for anybody else who's had their bank accounts frozen or who is physically injured from the ride police move again. Now I put a video out on this and a lot of people are confused because I said, you know, with the emergency act and a lot of people think that means with the emergency measures. So everybody's like, oh, everybody that got, you know, pushed out of their job, uh, tickets for this and that, this is for the emergency act that was pushed in for the Ottawa Freedom Convoy. Okay. So that's one thing. Now the individual that put a call out, he contacted me. We got in, we got in touch and 
the lawyers involved in that case are now looking to push civil lawsuits against Justin Trudeau, uh, finance minister, Christian Freeland, and I believe chief of police and the banks. I'm not positive on that though, but I definitely know Justin Trudeau and Christian Freeland. And they're looking for people who have their bank accounts frozen or who are injured by the riot police during the emergency act in the Ottawa Freedom Convoy. You need evidence for this. And now I should back up. The lawyers can't look for people. They cannot look for anybody. So this man as being the middleman. He's looking for people to bring to the lawyers. Okay. So I don't know what the, I don't understand the stipulation. I thought he explained it to me, but I didn't absorb it. And there's only two years after the emergency act, which is about three weeks from now for these cases to be filed. Now, when I talk to this individual, yes, the liberals are appealing it, but from what he told me, and I have yet to touch, talk to the lawyers, I believe I'm going to be touching base with them tomorrow, is that out of the six people in that case, or I think there's four or five people in two organizations, the two people who have their bank accounts frozen, that is fully passed through and they're getting a federal um, settlement in the next couple of weeks. So that's where that's all at. And now they're going civilly. So if you have been injured during that emergency act or you had your bank account frozen, you can contact me. There's an email address. I don't have it off the top of my head. It's in one of my last posts. But if you message me or you can message me on the best way to break free or go on the best way to break free and check out my Instagram and message me there and get you that email address. But you only have a few weeks to act. And people are like, why well, only a few weeks? You got to remember, it's two years after the emergency act. So they let that case go for so long for a reason, right to the last minute, right? So I'm hopeful um, when I touch base with these lawyers, I not only get involved with the civil lawsuit, but hey, let's open federally again as well, since you just made a slam dunk federally with the frozen bank accounts, because they're not going to automatically pay everybody out with frozen bank accounts. You have to file, right? So that's everything I know with it right now. Uh, how many people do you think were frozen out of their bank accounts? Do you know? No idea. No idea. Yeah, I don't even have the slightest clue. Okay. I, I got a question in regards to that. Like, how did they know? Is it because like they're using like GPS coordinates and social media to track that you guys were there? And then they're like, Hey, this person's there, cut them off. Or well, like, yeah, for me, they, they were following me very closely. Like a month before the freedom convoy, maybe two months before I had the, uh, CSIS. I can't remember what it is exactly. Pretty well. Like the Canadian, um, like secret service come to my house, um, and knock on my door, this woman. Um, very passively, aggressively, pretty well just letting me know they're watching me. Um, saying like, yeah, your file came up as like possibly starting militia. I looked at you. I really don't have any, have any worries at all. I just have to follow up. Like, just kind of like, Hey, we're watching you. Um, and so when I made the post out about, um, crowdfunding and I, and I amplified, elevated the amount I was posting about that when one individual in Ottawa, the owner of Brothers News, Sean something got his bank account frozen. I put a call out and right after I put that call out, they froze. Um, so I've had, you know, I've, I've been charged with a few things. Uh, when I lost my cool on one of the haters and they please show me pictures like a minute after I was posting stories, they've been watching me very closely and I'm sure they have ways of tracking as well. Cause I've heard of people that got their accounts frozen just for donating, um, through the GoFundMe and whatnot, but I'm not, I, I haven't actually like, I have no way of knowing truth behind any of that. So I really don't know. It sounds like a lot of people have their bank accounts frozen though. Um, but. I have no idea. Yeah. But tracking, yeah. Who knows what kind of systems they're using? Well, yeah. It, it, it'd be scary if I think we knew the level of extent that they were going to, to track people. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. I'm saying on another episode that uh, Tim Hortons uh, had to settle a lawsuit because they were pinging everybody. They were basically tracking people with their Tim Hortons app. 
Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, we have this device in our pockets and it's got a microphone. It's got. Yeah, man. There's downfall. There's benefits. The downfalls about it as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, though, everything's always been public. I haven't cared. So, you know, even when they froze back, I was like, whatever, we'll get around this. And we might have opened up a, a P.O. box down the road and just got people to send in gift cards and handing those to all the truckers' families. Nice. But my bank account ultimately ended up getting shut down, like completely they terminated my account. You know, after, I think it was two weeks later, they sent me an email saying, okay, the thing's been lifted, but my account was still still frozen. Like I couldn't access it and contacting them for months. And four months later, I think it was finally, I left them a voicemail, said, hey, like enough's enough. You need to figure this out. The next day I got an email and thankfully I have it all on record, an email that they just terminated my account, said because of... um um, just a reward to risk ratio with NSF fees and whatnot. I said, yeah, because you have shut down, frozen my account. So all these bills are getting piled up and NSF charges and whatnot. So that was 15 years of banking with a credit union that they just terminated it. That's so crazy. That's just unbelievable. So, well, I mean, we, we wish you luck in the future and, you know, keep us updated, right? On uh, Yeah. 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 Well, I'll definitely keep people updated as I, yeah, as we progress and learn a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that video I put out a couple of things like that might be misleading is one, the lawyers aren't actually looking for people. There's a middleman that knows the lawyers that can bring people to them. So you got to get contact with the middleman. And secondly, not everybody in that case is getting paid out. And my understanding is just the two people with the frozen bank accounts as of this, as of this moment. Just curious before we wrap it up and, uh, and, and I give you my final thanks and Alex, uh, you know, has his final thoughts on the episode and we pass it back to you for your final thoughts but just uh just curious man like when they when they seize your your bank account and and you don't you can't access your funds like how did you take care of your bills how did you take care of your livelihood and how did you have food on the table for your daughter mm, you know what so we can back up to the beautiful uh you know that that surrender we were talking about and that deal that i made and then felt that calling to put all my business off to the side so at the time that i did that I had just spent pretty well all of, yeah, all of my money on all the equipment I'm using right now, my 4K video editing computer, um, <clears throat> all the cameras, you know, almost <clears throat> whatever it was, maybe 20, over 20 grand, something like that. I can't remember exactly. It was everything I had at the moment to revamp all my programs, my addiction programs, and what I used to call the 25 to life, which was 25 of the lessons that are in this 55 lesson program I have now, to revamp it, to make it much more professional and to launch it and to, um, you know, pay the bills while I was writing my book. So at the time that I made that deal, I was in a position where I just emptied the bank account and I needed to now do all the programs. It was probably the worst time for me to say, okay, I'm going to not focus on business. Okay. I had no money, nothing, but I, I said, make sure I am taken care of and I'll do everything I can. And so fast forward three months. Um, now people started giving donation, like when they came to the fitness classes, they actually asked me, put up a donation box, you know, like, let me give you donations. So I put up a box in the shed and I say, Hey, anybody want, you want to donate five bucks, donate five bucks. You don't, I don't, I'm not looking. I don't know if you did. I don't know if you pay. So that put food on the table, but the mortgage got about three months behind and all the bills and whatnot. And I finally sat down. I was like, Hey, God, like I over delivered on what I said I was going to do here. Like I need 10 grand tomorrow and like and i felt confident I, I need 10 grand tomorrow and uh, i totally forgot the next morning i have a call with this individual who's been trying to get on the phone with me for quite some time i should add probably three months <laughs> so this is a funny because i you know you get weird people online right so i just kept putting them off right so i finally 
agreed to get on a, on a phone call with this guy. He's a guy in the States and, um, he owns this, uh, the Phenom Foundation. You actually listen to my podcast, you'll hear, I say it's sponsored by the Phenom Foundation. No advertising for what he does or anything. I just say it's sponsored by the Phenom Foundation. So he contacts me. He says, hey man, I've been watching what you're doing. You know, I have business in Canada. I just really appreciate all this bullshit in the world. Um, I want to help you out. You know, I, I do, uh, you know, I do a lot of different business, but one of my, one of my, I have a nonprofit, uh, organization called the Phenom Foundation. He rescues dogs from Venezuela. The guy literally is, you know, flies on his private jet, just brings dogs back from Venezuela. And, uh, he's like, you know, I have, uh, I have people, investors and stuff. I think if we put a video together, you, I can help you do some funding. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Just kind of, yeah, thought he's bullshitting. Honestly, I don't know the guy. And at the end of the call, he said, okay, you know, like, I have a feeling like you, you need some help. So I'm going to, you know, do you have a PayPal or whatever? I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, I'm going to send you a little something. I give him my email right when we get off the phone. Sends, yeah, I had to send you a little something. I checked my PayPal. He sent me 10 grand. Wow. Oh my. That's amazing. Yeah. And like I said, and like I said, he was trying to get a hold of me for three months. <laughs> so, <laughs> At that point, you know, that really fully instilled that faith on that, on the deal, so to say I made. And I really got used to going without and just trusting that everything would be provided for. And it really just helped me develop such a strong faith in that. If I answer this higher calling, yeah, I might not be, you know, enjoying the fleshly desires and materialism that maybe I want to enjoy that really isn't that meaningful, but society makes us think so but I will be provided for with everything I need. So by the time my bank account got frozen, I was very used to that. Like at the time the bank account was frozen, um, I was sending out all the money that I had, like any money that was coming in to people, right? Getting into the truckers' families, wherever we could put it, right? And I, I would just get rid of everything. I didn't, I didn't hold on to anything. And I feel that may very well, you know, we'll see what happens down the road with where the world goes, but I think that might've prepared me for what's to come and, and being able to just let go. Yeah. And now I'm back and it's funny, you know, we can, I can unpack two minutes on this on how I got a lot of flack for that. You know, I share what I just shared on a podcast before and, uh, people in the freedom community, like they're got, and I'm getting a lot of divide, right? Money's a su touchy subject, right? Especially as everybody's getting, you know, pushed out of the workplace and whatnot. So when people heard that I was, you know, I received 10 grand and then this guy gave me another 10 grand down the road, um, really upset them, even though everything was shut down. And this is my ego talking right now where I could have said, Hey, doing fitness classes, hundred bucks a month, you know, the amount of people that came here, I could have been sitting on a few hundred grand, but I didn't, right? We did it all for, but people still got mad. And so I got to a point where I did not want this deal anymore. I was like, I want to go back to work. <laughs> I want to, I want to start doing, uh, you know, focusing back on my programs and I'll still do the community events, but I want to start getting paid for what I'm doing just as a man. It was bothering me, right? Um, living this, living this way because things did get to a certain degree sometimes, which wasn't very comfortable. And you know, when I, when I said this finally, and I was like, Hey, tomorrow, like, that's it. I'm getting back to work. The guy from the Phenom Foundation calls me literally the day I said I was not doing any of this anymore and calls me, says, Hey, Sean, he's never said this to me before. He's like, I want you to do a fundraiser this weekend and I'll match whatever you get. Now, this is a guy who showed up and provided and supported quite a bit. I can't tell him no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that to me was God saying, no, 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 you're not done, man. This is what you're still doing. <laughs> you're still doing it. No matter the hate you're getting, no matter how much is bruising your ego, you're doing this. So it continued with that, you know, um, did fundraising to originally put the community yard we put together. 
And, uh, and then, yeah. And then I finally felt the calling. I took, okay, you can get, you can get back to your business now, but still stay on the path, but you can start having transactional agreements. Wow, man, that is so beautiful. And it actually relates. So, I mean, it's the, the timing is impeccable. God's timing. And I'm just blown away right now because, you know, without getting too personal, I've recently had my hours cut back at work and I was starting to stress about finances. And that's when I told you I was listening to your 90-10 thing. And that was a message. And I've, I've, I was like, okay, God, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to work on the problem. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'll find side jobs, whatever I need to do to make ends meet. And I just totally put my faith in God. And I'm not going to say the individual's name, but there's a firmamentalist that is out there. One of our followers, one of our listeners, this is a, this is a brother become a friend of mine, man. It's like God knew the timing. God I knew I would be in this season where I kind of just need a little help. But you're like you said, ego, pride. You know, I don't want to go. I don't, I don't want to borrow money from somebody and I don't want to ask for help. And, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes a brother needs a helping hand. And, and God knew I'd be in this season, man. And there's a listener out there and you know who you are who, uh, who, who sent me this computer that I'm on right now and, and deposited some money in my account that paid my bills and put food on my table too. And then they just told me, man, that they did it out of love for our show and how much they get out of it. And that, you know, it was amazing. It was beautiful. It was totally orchestrated by God. So I, I feel you, I've been there at the same place. I didn't, I didn't get $10,000, but you know, like same thing, man, like God will provide, man. It's amazing. That's such an amazing story, dude. Like, yeah, man. I think that's just mind blowing that you specifically paid, uh, prayed for that amount. And then that's the amount that you receive. It's like, there's no way you could lose your faith after something like no. that. Well, then actually I'll, I'll just add one little bit on that. So down the road, um, as I felt the call and to stay on this path, I got to the point where it got dire again. And I said, Hey, what's going on? You know, where's the support, right? We got so many community events going on, everything. And this was at a time when all the um, dry queen uh, story times were going on and everything okay so i <clears throat> now i i shared about like how just before ottawa i went from being mad right and and open up my heart and just be a lighthouse lead by example tough love has this place too and i you know when i put that out there i believe when the dry story time came i started getting angry and just barking at these people i had the we do a huge halloween thing here which i don't do anymore kind of torn with it but at the time we had this big halloween thing and i put out i'm like the only place you should be around kids is if you want to come to my fucking my haunted yard you know and i was just angry 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 and <clears throat> this time it didn't take me four or five six months whatever it took me a week to realize that is doing no good at all all that's doing is the people who already believe the same as me are like yeah rah 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 stare at the problem fucking get angry and the people who are on the opposite side are going to get defensive right and so i put out <clears throat> i just wrote a, a, a raw story i'm just like hey i just realized like what i'm doing right now i'm not saying i i don't believe my thoughts are i don't i think my thoughts are wrong i believe that i'm in the right frame of thinking with these individuals not being around kids the way they are and what they're pushing but the way i'm going about it isn't doing any good it, exactly what i just said you know it's just feeding the fire over here and, and feeding a fire over here of divide um, so I'm going to go back to just leading by example and, and trusting the, the divine plan on that and, uh, and bringing people together. Just how I did made that transition with COVID, uh, or during the pandemic there. And then right when I posted that, I had this intuitive feeling to share an old, 
post that I had on my Instagram that said, God has given me everything I've asked for and I'm showing him I'm ready, good and bad. Just felt this draw to put that out there. So I put it up literally right after, not even a second later, Eric from the Phenom Foundation calls. He's like, hey man, I swear I've been so fucking gone for so long. I felt like you needed some support, you know, and that gave me what I needed to get caught up. <laughs> so it just, it showed me, you know, with that faith that we were just talking about that you enjoyed the story I shared it as well. Like I wasn't answering, I wasn't in alignment with that calling. I was, I was loving and service. So when I made that transition, the floodgates opened on the support that I needed to continue to do what I was doing. Yeah, that's been one of the biggest revelations for me over the last three or four episodes that we've had. That Pastor J.B. Hickson and I had uh, another friend, Eric Phineas, and the, a few times the conversation has come up about praying for your enemies. And I was talking about on a couple of podcasts how I really struggled to, to pray for people that would harm children, you know, like the Bible says. Yeah, that's, that's my, I know, man, I have a <laughs> bunch of, like, I have a lot of conflict with that still inside. Yeah, yeah, when I it, when I even say like everything has its place and everything has its purpose, right? Like, really, kids are getting raped. I have a lot of conflict with that still. Yeah, yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard, but you know, I've 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 heard a lot about no matter how hard it is, we need to learn to be praying for our enemies. We really do, you know. And uh, and God's grace is free. It's a gift, you know. There's no strings attached to it. If there was, then it wouldn't be a gift, and it and it wouldn't be grace. So. Um, you know, and, and, and he did that for all of us, you know, and whether it's their choice, what they want to do. And, and, but, you know, I, I'm with you. It's, yeah, it's something that I struggle with, but lately I have been trying my best to even pray for those people, you know, even pray for those people, but it's hard, man. It's one hard thing that I've been having a hard time strapping my head around. Alex, I could tell you want to jump in. No, I just, uh, I'm just happy that, uh, we got to spend some time with Sean Zimmer and, uh, representing the w winnipeg and uh <laughs> man what a what an awesome episode and uh yeah i just it's so it's overwhelming that the amazing people that we get to meet uh this podcast is amazing oh it's beautiful yeah i just finally launched mine off yesterday again i started it a year and a half ago and just let myself get uh sidetracked so i'm looking forward to uh yeah interviewing more people and enjoy that experience that you just spoke of because you know unity i feel is one of the most important things connecting sharing our perspectives sharing our wisdom helping people really come to truth and connect together and know that there are strong individuals who are seeking you know that higher path and are looking to help people along the way yeah that's been the, my experience with this show you know is we we've now launched a couple brother podcasts underneath us and we have like our own little community that we forged uh, you know, this will be our 63rd episode, I believe. And I've maintained some level of contact with everybody that's come on the show. And now I have a whole circle of friends that we might, might be distributed all over the world because now we've had guests from all over the world. And, but I have some line of communication and some of these people become my best friends and we hold each other accountable and we lift each other up when we're down. And, and man, it's been the most tremendous experience. And I'm super grateful for it. Just like Alex said, and Super excited that you came here and spent some time with us tonight because you're just an individual that that I look up to, man. And I think you're doing great things. And you're you're a real macho masculine man. And it's nice to to see that we can be men and embrace our manlyhood, but also, you know, we don't have to be, you know, we don't have to put this fake facade that we're these tough guys. You know, it's okay to 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 be loving and and, and generous with our time and and uh I see the relationship that you have with your daughter, daughter and uh, it's inspiring to me. 
And I appreciate the time that you spent with us here. And I think you dropped a lot of uh, wisdom gems on on the firmamentalists. And uh, in the future, we'd love to have you back again. Or if you ever feel like having us on your show, we'd be glad to go and spend some time with you there. By the way, what is your podcast going to be called? Uh, it's the best way to break free. Best way to break free. So you already hear folks. Um, tell them where else they can find you. Of course, we'll put the links in the in the show notes and stuff. But uh, just a final word to our listenership and uh, let them know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. The best way to break free.com. You know, final words to that is, you know, what's the best way to break free? There's right, a thousand different ways, a thousand different uh, challenges people are facing. And I truly feel if you sum that up in three words, it's to feel whole, you know, elaborate on that to fully love yourself in life, resolve all that inner conflict. I believe, you know, the true, true meaning of sin is missing your mark. You know, what you consciously know you should be doing or what you consciously know you shouldn't be doing. And when you choose the opposite, you now have conflict inside. And you are, you know, disrupting the connection to the divine, disrupting your ability to move past that conflict and really put your attention in the present moment and giving all you're able to give to the world and yourself. So find me at the best way to break free.com. You can find my social media profiles at the bottom, of the, you know, on the footer of the website there. Yeah. And we'll post all that stuff here. Uh, so go check them out, folks. You heard it here. Um, looks like we're going to wrap this thing up. So much love for Mementalists, and until the next time, protect your domes. Peace. How do we find ourselves here within these walls and chains as a teardrop lands? Who is there to blame?
till skies turn.